Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to another Toonami pre-flight, where we are slowly but surely making our way through the Paste Magazine top 50 anime shows of all time. Today we're going to be talking about number 38, Vision of Escaflone, uh, and our favorite fantasy world spots, something along those lines. Mythical place. Correct. That's the one I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah, not necessarily fantasy. No. It's not real. Correct. <clears throat> um... But first, let's talk Escaflone. Cuddling graphic. (laughs) Escaflone is a weird one because it was really popular when it came out for like five years. And people even talked about it in the same breath as Evangelion. Like they were like, this is one of those shows that everyone sort of instantly realized was a classic. And then... As time's gone on, it's weirdly now starting to be forget forgotten about a little bit. Um, strange to have seen that happen. But it came out in the early 2000s or late 90s? Late 90s, Not, 96. Late, yeah, 96. So uh, Escaflowning was one of those shows that was around at the same time as Gundam Wing and Big O. And, you know, um, we were... Uh, Bandai w- had come to us and told us they were making this show and they felt really good about it. Uh, and they showed us a little bit and we were really excited. Um, and then this is when Toonami was kind of really starting to ramp up and other networks were starting to notice. So Fox Kids swooped in before we could make our deal with Escaflone and offered more money and took the show from us, which was uh, at the time... I think it was like, if it wasn't the first time it happened, it was the first time it happened with a significant title in that way. Yeah. And we were really mad because we were confident that Fox would screw it up. Uh, And they did totally fuck it up. They re-edited the show for time. They re-edited the show for content, neither of which I can really say we've never done. But they also (laughs) edited the show to change the focus uh, and move it more from Hitomi, who's the main character, who's a woman, to the boys, who are the pilots of the giant mecha in the in the show. Way to go. Uh, and it ran for like four episodes or six episodes, and they killed it. So they took it just so we couldn't have it, edited the shit out of it, fucked it up, premiered them in the wrong order because they started with the second episode, and then summarily canceled it when, shocker, after they scattered and smothered and covered it with bullshit, people weren't down. Um, they never no should have. Offense to the scattered, smothered, and covered hash browns order. They never. They never should have gotten. They never should have gotten it to begin with. Do you eat scattered, smothered, and covered? Fuck yeah! I've never seen you eat hash browns the entire time I've known you. It's we crazy. should go to Waffle House right now. I don't believe that you eat carbs. I don't believe it. Well, that's he's clearly. lying. I want the camera to know he's 
lying. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's okay. It's not dumb. You lie all the time. Cool. Um, So then the show sort of, despite Fox screwing it up, it sold a ton of home video. Um, It did very well. And it was one of those shows that for years people talked about as a really great sort of one and done 26 episodes in a movie um, anime series and a different sort of giant robot show um, because they weren't really robots. They're sort of they're mechs, kind of. They're mechs, but they're like they're made of like they're more like giant suits of armor that you can fight in. So it's sort of steampunky. It's like a steampunky fantasy world. So the plot of this story is there's this high school girl who told me she gets sucked through. Um, she a guy shows up at her school, has a fight during her track meet, <laughs> and then With the dragon. She gets sucked back into. His world when the portal closes that brings him to Earth. So she ends up on this planet called Gaia, which is basically in every respect another Earth, but she can see Earth in the sky along with the moon. Right. And the Earth is the mystic moon. And and they call the Earth the mystic moon. And And this world is sort of a medieval landscape, and it's a fantasy world, but there are also these giant mech-like things. And she gets caught up in this war because she has sort of a she has ESP basically, and uh, her powers increase on Gaia, so she becomes the key piece of this of these factions that are battling. Um, and then, of course, she falls in love with uh, one of the pilots, one of the knights, and then um, there's also a bit of lore, like you find out that the Gaia was created by the people of Atlantis, which was on Earth. Before Atlantis sank, they basically wished another place where they could be into existence. To not drown. <laughs> and that would be Gaia. So they showed up, and now they all live on Gaia. Uh, and there's about 100 countries on, on this planet that are all kind of at war with each other. Um, in terms of its look, it looks totally gorgeous. It's a perfect example of how what I think is the height of anime in terms of and animation quality was the late nineties, um, before the move to digital. Yeah, took when over. people were just slaving still had away to draw, for yeah. ages. Um, so it looks amazing. It's got an incredible soundtrack by Yoko Kano. Um, it was treated very well by Sunrise and Bandai, uh, who definitely knew they had something good on their hands. Ran for a full 26 episodes, and then they had a movie, and the movie's sort of one of those weird anime things where they sort of retell the story, but change whatever they want. So the characterization of Hitomi totally changes. Um, apparently, this show was developed originally as a another sort of Gundam wing where they wanted a lot of boys... And it was a show. It was a shonen idea about this alternate world, but then the creator walked away, and then the other guy that got hired decided to add these elements of shojo anime, and so they added Hitomi as the main character and changed the focus to her, and then made the boy pilots a lot more like Pretty Boy, which was at the time um, a popular thing to do. Um, so we are mad that because of Toonami never got to show it, uh, Adult Swim did show it after Fox Kids, which at some at least somewhat righted that wrong. Yeah, uh, I still fantasize that we'll get to show it again at some point. But um, 
for now, let's check out the trailer. This is, I think, Funimation's trailer for their Blu-ray collection because the show was released on blue on a great Blu-ray. It looks gorgeous. If you have any interest, you should you should buy it. It's worth it. I don't know that it's streaming anywhere. I haven't checked. It was on Funimation. It might um, be on Funimation I'm not sure now. If it still yeah. Is or not. Um, so let's check out their trailer for the Escaflone box set. Was it all just a dream? Or was it a vision? I see you've returned. Did you say the girl from the mystic moon? Yes, it's an oddity. It all began with a tarot reading on a seemingly normal day. Hey, Marcus is now, I know! I asked the cards if I would find love. The tower, it's true. I will change the future of mankind. The dragon of light. I did it to ensure Gaia's future. The building is gone, King Bond. Nothing left but ruins. It's been so very long since the last time I set eyes on the planet Earth. But still, I remember. I was a fortune teller. It was just a game. Just for fun. But not now. Now I want it to go away. If it is destruction that people desire, then we must accept that reality. I don't think fate is ever certain. We create a new destiny with every breath we take. Damn Don't you get it? I'm fighting to protect you. I never asked you to do that. Tell me. You know something? People have an amazing ability. You should always say to yourself, I wish I were, or I want to be. Do that, and before you know it, those wishes will have come true. Look, it's a white dragon. So what happens now? So, uh, Adult Swim actually, we, we did our research wrong. Adult Swim actually showed the movie, The Vision of Escaflona. I think the series was locked down at that time. But you see how beautiful the series looks. The music is this sweeping epic score. Yoko Kano, of course, is a genius. So, um, But that trailer gets across pretty much the vibe of the show, which is this big, sweeping, epic fantasy. Yeah. But with giant fighting mechs. Which is an amazing... It's, a good, it's what we all want. Yeah. We all want. And a spunky um, schoolgirl main character who's also psychic. So pretty. I mean, what more do you need than that? Um, so here's a scene of one of the main fights in the show just to show you sort of um, how the battles went. Because every episode did manage to cram in. I mean, it was sort of a – it was written for TV, so it wasn't based on a manga. But it was – sort of designed as a classic shonen so there's a battle in every episode pretty much so let's check out one of the the highlight battles what are you going to do leave this place and return to finalia huh
Von Fennell, I thought I told you not to leave the castle. Huh? It's Alan! But if you insist, my friend, you're just going to have to go through me. I find that highly unlikely, however. <laughs> How many hits you think the kid can take? It'll all be over after one shot. Careful now. Gaddis! This is no place for you. Yes, but... Come on already. Uh, uh. So tell me, Von Fennell, are you ready to fight me? You bet! You're gonna regret this. says the boss takes him down on the first swing. 200 on the boss! Somebody ought to bet on the kid. No way, I ain't that stupid. So who's your money on, little lady? Huh? No one. Charge aggressively enough. Oh, wow, he blocked it. Just a lucky break. Balgus never held back like this. What? You've heard of Balgus? Of course. He's one of the three master swordsmen of Gaia. And Balgus was my swordmaster. What? Look, you blocked another one. That won't... It can't be! That's enough. Come out of your guy, Mela, peacefully. I lost. Belgus, I'm sorry. What? But how could he? When did that happen? When did that happen? Pretty hilarious the that they, they do all this shit, get in these giant robots, and then they just have a sword fight. Yeah, in the <laughs> well, same way. You could have just had a sword. You could have just fought with swords. It would have been a lot cheaper. Yeah, save a lot of the <laughs> kingdom's <laughs> finances. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen the show, it's terrific. It's one of my favorites. I would put it way higher than 38, but it was a consensus. Yeah, it's not just your list. Yeah. So, uh, but check it out if you haven't seen it. Well, we're seeing. And an, a hearty fuck you to Fox Kids for taking it from us and thinking you could do better than we do. Nobody. I mean, there's nobody left standing. Well, um, So that leads us to our topic for the day because Escaflone Gaia is a mythical place. So we thought, what's your favorite mythical place movie? So movies that take place not on Earth necessarily or on this version of Earth in this time. Correct. 
So first up for me, I had to go with the obvious, and that's, of course, my favorite mythical place and a whole lot of other people's favorite mythical place, and that is Middle Earth, a.k.a. New Zealand with set dressing. Um, So obviously, I think many people who read fantasy books and especially uh, Tolkien books with illustrations started falling in love with Middle Earth pretty early on from the first page where you look at the map and you wonder about what all these places look like. It turns out he knew what he was doing. And uh, then you start reading the books that have the amazing paintings uh, and you get to see a little bit of artist conceptions and imagine. And then, of course, Peter Jackson came along and brought a lot of that to life in an incredible way, both through the Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit movies. Um, and Did a little better on the first ones. The world building was great in both. The movies were better in the trilo- the original trilogy, obviously. But the world building was beautiful in both. So... Um, I was looking around for like stuff that just talked about Middle Earth, you know, that wasn't necessarily just um, the movie scans of paintings or the yeah. So this is a little bit of a this is from the, one of the makings of the the Hobbit trilogy, but they show you Hobbiton uh, and how they went back and restored it from the Lord of the Rings thing from the Lord of the Rings where it had kind of fallen into disrepair. They really rebuilt it for for the later movies out of stone and stuff. In the original movies, it was like plasticine and it just kind of fell apart. Um, so this is just a little bit that just shows you why they shot the whole thing in New Zealand because it had all the different sort of types of landscape yeah, you they needed. Yeah, you to put a door on the side <laughs> yeah, of the mountain yeah. and you're done. Um, so really my favorite mythical place is probably just New Zealand, which will remain mythical to me until I'm there. Um, but let's check out this little thing that kind of gives you a little bit of the backstory about this world. I could have spent this entire shoot on location. We saw so many incredible places. I know I'm a Kiwi, but I have to say, I cannot imagine making these films anywhere but this country. Amazing. Wherever we went, it was an extraordinary experience. And here we were, making a film. Go, go, go! A New Zealand film. The Hobbit. It's been thrilling to go back and and go up and down both the main islands of New Zealand. And we began in Hobbiton. When we first discovered the location, Hobbiton, back in 1998, there were three geographical things that made us choose it as Hobbiton. We need a distinctive tree set in rolling hillside, ideally with a little lake and a hill behind the tree rising up to give us the position of Bagu. It looked like Hobbiton. You know, it just looked like a place where people actually lived and people worked. The highlights have definitely been watching Hobbiton from the air, which is something that I don't think was really done on Lord of the Rings. Seeing it like this kind of living model village is just extraordinary. The original Hobbiton set was built out of polystyrene, and even though we had to take it away, which I thought it was a shame, it actually wouldn't have survived. Of course, doing The Hobbit now, it gave us the ability to rebuild Hobbiton out of permanent materials. And it's been made to last out of materials that aren't going to deteriorate, and we can carry on showing people what's involved in making a movie. People who've seen the films can go and relive them by, by actually knocking on uh, Bilbo's door. 
or you can just look and see. There's no, there's no having to finish the illusion. It's just here. Camp here for the night. Billy, Killy, after the ponies. Denise bluffs as its volcanic activity has brought the rock up out of the ground. I mean, there's these huge shafts of rock. It looked like something from Jurassic Park. You can't get any helicopter shots coming over from the back because yeah, it's, it's behind just, it's just ply it's just and scaffold. But it'll, it'll all come out, I think, in a couple of weeks. And then there's going to be a permanent one put in in place for the, as a tourist attraction. The beautiful rock formations, cliffs, and then down, down, down into the most incredible bush. It seemed ancient. There were lots of moss on all the great rocks. It seemed incredibly old. It's a lot of native bush in that area. It's a stunning location. In this area, which is the Twizel area, we managed to get a bunch of shots up on a hill above Lake Bukaki. It was a beautiful vista, like it was long, wheaten-coloured kind of grass, and we'd be running through it and being chased by wild. The landscape is really interesting. Geographically, we're being chased by these terrible monsters. It's just everything you could hope for in an epic adventure. As he said, an epic adventure. Um, so, yeah, New Zealand looks pretty great. I'd like to go there at some point. I would like to see an attack chopper land with a dwarf <laughs> army. Dwarf army now. Out. Uh, and then, of course, another mythical place uh, that you hear about, you know, round the way. The, of course, I'm talking about Valhalla, which is the Norse afterlife where warriors and heroes go after they are dead uh, to feast in Odin's halls. And I don't really, you don't really hear about what else they do. They don't do much. They feast and they fight. They continue to Valhalla fight. Valhalla triggers me too much from the God of War. Uh, Valkyrie fights. Oh. The screaming of I can't hear it without oh. thinking I'm being stomped to death. Gotcha. It's not pleasant. Uh, that's a little window inside Gil's mind, guys. Um, so they don't really... There's not a lot of depictions of um, Valhalla in... Um, you know, there's, they're not in the Thor movies. They don't go to Valhalla. Not that I can recall. The Valkyrie... Valkyrie is a character who has been to Valhalla, but... She, they don't show you Valhalla. They show you the underworld. They show you um, Midgard. They, sh- they, you know, they show you everything pretty much. But Valhalla. well, they don't die, I guess. So it's yeah. Um, so this is a clip I found that kind of shows a little bit of like the, this place called the Hall of the Fallen, which is where all these heroes gather to sort of drink and have a blast. So check it out. Valhalla is regarded as the paradise of warriors in Norse mythology. It is a vast hall, inhabited by warriors who bravely perished fighting on the battlefields. Valhalla is a massive structure in Asgard, the dwell of the gods. Its ceiling was made with shields, and its walls with spears. In Odin's major hall, the brave fallen warriors relished in major banquets during the evenings. The warriors who inhabited Valhalla spent their days practicing martial arts, and competed with each other in duels. If one of them perished or ended up seriously wounded, they were resurrected and their wounds healed at night, allowing them to participate in the evening celebrations in the company of the gods, where they drank mead and filled their stomachs with boar meat. 
the Hall of the Dead had 540 massive doors. One of them has enough room for 800 warriors marching side by side. The promise of an afterlife in the Hall of Valhalla served to comfort the warriors who went to battle. If they were killed in battle, they know they would reach Odin's glorious hall, and there, their spirits would keep on living in a Norse paradise. Nevertheless, most preferred to survive the battle and celebrate their triumph over their enemies. After a battle, the Valkyries rode on the battlefield and chose the ones who proved to be the bravest against the enemy, taking the fighters' souls to the glorious hall. The warriors taken to Valhalla joined Odin's army, and during their stay in Asgard, these warriors would keep on training to be ready for their call. The warriors' destiny is to fight alongside the gods of Asgard during the Ragnarok, something similar to a Norse apocalypse. And during the major Ragnarok battle, they will have one more chance to show all their courage by confronting the enemies of the gods. So they kind of, yeah, they mess with it a little bit in the Thor movies. The Marvel, the Marvel Norse mythology is a little bit messy, but you get it. You get the idea. I like the idea of a place where you just go drink a bunch, get in a fight, wake up the next day. You're fine. Go back, drink a bunch, get in a fight. That seems all right to me. Paradise. Uh, and then finally, uh, this is a mythical place. Uh, it's not a fantasy place, though, and that's the uh, Los Angeles in 2049 of Blade Runner 2049. Every year. I know. Um, I also like Los Angeles 2019 in the Blade Runner, the original film, but uh, I really love how they advanced the ideas that the original Blade Runner laid out in terms of the planet is become basically a huge ghetto. And all the rich people live off-world in the off-world colonies. And everyone who's left on Earth is uh, either poor or unable to get off that, you know, that world. Or they're there to exploit the people of that, of, of the world. Uh, there's so much pollution, it's always dark, pretty much. It rains all the time, and there's an incredible amount of overpopulation. So... 2049 sort of gives you more clues into how the world ended up this way because you find out that uh, Las Vegas, that there's been an, a nuke at some point. There, there was a nuclear explosion in Las Vegas, so no one can live there. There's been fallout. Um, you also sort of see what things are like during the day. You see all the farms, quote-unquote farms. They're really just grub farms and stuff, but yeah. all the food is grown um, basically, there's no more animals to, to have food from, so all the food is grown artificially. Um, and there were massive, after these nuclear strikes or whatever, there were, there was massive starvation. So now, uh, they're kind of rebuilding the, the world, uh, with these proteins. Um, but everyone still lives under the yoke of this, of these massive mega corporations who control everything and have created replicants to do manual labor. Um, so it's a depressing world, but some, for some reason, it very much appeals to me and I would, Think I, I would love to live there. I think I'd do fine. Just gotta hang on another uh, thirty years. Um, so let's check out. Uh, I believe this is just the trailer. I th it's a clip. Okay, it's a clip. Um, which kind of it? This is that's right. This is Kay going back to his office from the the beginning of the movie. So this gives you a nice overview of the different types of landscapes in this world. So let's check it out. 
The man with the green jacket. The one who killed Sucker. Find out what he knows. <laughs> seen a tree before. It's pretty. It's dead. Now who keeps a dead tree? You're not gonna kill me, are you? Depends. What's your model number? Why don't you look under my eye and find out? You don't like real girls. Well, I'm always here. Sorry, I was talking about the wrong scene. That's street level view, but I like that street level view. Cool. That's it for me. Those are three of my favorite mythical place. Those are very lovely. Other than hearing the ha still is a little hard for me. If I could have only beaten Sigrun at this point and then transitioned straight into One Man's Trash it would have been perfect, but I've failed pre-flight nation once again. I'm sure it's not the first time and it won't be the last. No, certainly not the first. Might be the last. I like to think it is, but probably not. It won't be. That's a very you got pessimistic lot, You got lots of failure lined up for you. I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about you. Right. It's not pessimistic for me. But it is for me. I enjoy watching you fail. It's just mean-spirited. First for me is Princess Mononoke, particularly The Forest. Um, I love this movie for lots of different reasons, but this uh, first time I saw it, this just seemed like a really nice place to go and relax and hopefully not kill a god and totally fuck up the whole planet. But uh, sometimes that's the way it goes. So in order to fully get into the forest, we're just going to listen to a little chill forest loop uh, for a couple of minutes and just Do they have ambient meditate. forest sound from yeah. Princess Mononoke? It's nice. pretty great. Let's uh, check it out.
only they made real force that you could go in and relax in. But sadly, that's not a reality we can they don't? go to. No. <laughs> you can go to the forest. That's untrue. And you can camp in the forest. No? Okay. Now you're just showing your hands. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, next for me is Pan Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Pan's. Pan's. I think I can <laughs> stop this. Um, 2006, bad shit, crazy, amazing. Uh, you want to live in this world? No, it's just a favorite mythical place movie. This is a cool place, but it's fucking horrible. It's a cool place where Nazis rule, monsters kill things, and kids die. Yeah, I'm not saying that this is utopia. It's a cool place. It looks cool. Okay. To be horrified in. Okay. You had your picks. Cool. That's, that is, of all your fucked up choices, this is probably number one. So, uh, Guillermo del Toro evidently came up with this movie through his childhood lucid dreaming, which is fucking horrifying to think about that that's just where your headspace is as a kid. Um, Let's just watch this clip and see what a relaxing, lovely place Pan's Labyrinth is to go live in Franco, Spain, under the oppressive thumb of your new stepfather. Echo? Este, 
Este es el libro de las encrucijadas. Cuando estéis sola, abridlo. Y los mostrará vuestro futuro. Os mostrará qué hacer. Aquí no hay nada. excited for Pan's Labyrinth World opening up that you can go and just play in Magical Land. Let your kids die. Yeah. Sounds awesome. But then they might be mistaken for princesses and be tricked by sprites Gr later on. Great pick. Yeah. Uh, and last, hopefully, Jay, actually, I don't give a fuck what you think, so it's fine, uh, is the never-ending story, particularly Fantasia. Uh, this was, I think, 84-ish. Do you remember when never-ending story came out? Early, I, think you're right. I think you're right. I think um, it was 84. It might be as early as 82, but it's somewhere in there. Uh, where Bastion in our world, uh, we'll say, borrows the never-ending story book and uh, wills this world into existence, sort of, um, as you follow Atreyu and Falcor on their journey to help free the Empress and stop the nothing um, in a delightful storytelling romp. Uh, this is the trailer for uh, the never-ending story. Uh, let's go to this magical land now, all together. What is the secret of this enchanted book? What wonders are hidden within its pages? What magical spell does it cast on all who read it? What is the secret of the never-ending story? But that's impossible! Enter a world where a young boy's imagination becomes a vivid reality. The world of Atreyu and Artax, the Rockbiter, and a good and kind gnome. A world that is vast and eternal, treacherous and dazzling, unforgettable and free. For anyone who's ever made a wish believed in a fantasy or had a dream this is the never-ending story Wolfgang Peterson is best it might be that I was 10 years old when this movie came out and it spoke to me you think deeply but I'm gonna objectively say that that's an amazing film and the effects still hold up today Wolfgang Peterson <laughs> it's a piece of shit Gil I'm sorry what the fuck sorry man it just is. Damn it. You know. Well. They can do fantasy worlds so much better now that we don't have to hold on to the crap that they did in the 80s, like the Dark Crystal. And Dark Crystal really doesn't hold up very well. Neither does that. What? <laughs> Let's see what uh, the Adult Swim Facebook your own personal goonies. Are. <laughs> they don't really like goonies. So Adult Swim Facebook, what's your favorite 
mythical places movie. Tron ring, Legacy. Ring, Tron's a good one, man. That's yeah. a good pick, man. Uh, Harry Potter, I figured people would pick. The Neverending Story looks like there's a couple olds in the in the somewhere in there. Black Panther, of course. Wakanda is a pretty fucking great. And then what dreams may come. It's like, yeah, hell. Hell is my favorite mythical place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people are nuts. Let's see what the Toonami Facebook picks are. Uh, what's your favorite mythical places movies? Spirited Away, also a great mythical place. Um, Lord of the Rings. Howl's Moving Castle is a pretty great mythical world. Coco. An afterlife, but an, an interesting yeah. one, and Avatar, which is not a pick I thought would show up, but acceptable. Roger Dean paintings, if you want to live in Roger Dean paintings, sure. Um, and that brings us to this week's sneak peeks. Uh, there've been some, it's been a few glitches delays, in the Matrix. We'll say a few glitches in, in, the, in the Matrix. All yeah. of the episodes in a time. So the only real downside to having such amazing content so soon after the Japanese premieres is that sometimes you don't get the tapes in time to make a promo or get a little delayed in the mail. But we do have a spot for Attack on Titan, uh, which will be running tomorrow night at 1130. So let's check out that spot right now. On the next all new episode of Attack on Titan. My soldiers do not buckle or yield when faced with the cruelty of this world. My soldiers push forward. My soldiers rage! Attack on Titan, Saturday at 11.30 on Adult Swim. And then we also, luckily, will have a spot for The Promised Neverland. Um, that episode premieres tomorrow night at midnight. And here is that lovely spot right now. On the next all-new episode of The Promised Neverland. Oil? We'll just set the house on fire. You're going to start a fire? That's right. This is my retaliation. The Promised Neverland, Saturday at midnight on Adult Swim. And then finally, uh, we have a trailer for the upcoming premiere of Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin, uh, the full TV series, not just the OVA. Um, And that will start on July 6th. And here's that spot right now. Universal Century 0068. Chaos reigns as the zombie regime exerts its control. But the one-year war is still years away. What in the world is that thing? Mobile suits are merely in development. But so is the scorned future leader of a new movement. He has a keen mind. He's a special boy with many unique qualities. Tensions rise. Your father was assassinated by those Zabi fiends. Allegiances are drawn. Join me! Stand with me! On the battlefield! And sides are chosen. Army! The enemy. And I'm gonna take them out. See the story that started it all. Reimagined and gorgeously updated. Mobile Suit Gundam. The Origin. Starting July 6th at 3. Suit up again. For the first time. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Absolutely gorgeous show and essential if you're into the Mobile Suit Gundam Universal Century timeline in particular. Yeah, you get some backstory and some re-telling, re-imagining yeah. scenario. It's great. And then finally, oh, kills. We don't have a one man's trash. What uh, what happened? 
Uh, we're pacing ourselves. Okay. At the trash. We're going to have it in the next episode? Well, to be determined. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, then we do have a reliable old Adult Swim single. Uh, this week's Adult Swim single is from the great Iconica, who's on Hyperdub. I love her work. I'm really excited that she gave us the song. She has been featured before on Adult Swim singles and also uh, some albums we've done. Uh, this is number 44 in 52 singles that we'll be doing. And this one is called Resurrection Machine. So let's check it out. that and the other 43 singles we've released at adultswim.com slash singles or you can go to the Adult Swim Singles Spotify playlist where we post the songs every week and come back next week for another new Adult Swim single uh, where we usually release them Wednesdays at noon and that's it for today's show hopefully you're going to go to your favorite mythical place yes my office Right now. Do you think anyone's favorite mythical place is your office? I can't imagine. <laughs> Horrifying <laughs> that it is. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. See you then. Toonami, every Saturday night from 1030 to 330.